if you live, if there's that constant tension going on and you're constantly feeling that back and forth pull, that's a great sign that you're in a relationship with God. Hi, friends. One of the things that has been core and central to Spark's existence has been the space and value for having critical conversations around important topics. This is a value for us, not just for a season or even for just select topics, but it is actually something that is core and central to our identity, our very essence of being. It's kind of what we do as a people. And what's important is that we understand that while wrestling with issues is important, what that fundamentally means is that we have to wrestle with each other and ultimately with ourselves. Now, one of our sparkers, Marcus Randolph, who gave a sermon recently, is someone who truly exemplifies and embodies that ethic. So not only did he challenge us so deeply with his message this past Sunday, I thought it would be really powerful to go a bit further, dig a bit deeper, and ask some pressing wrestling questions about his message, and most importantly, to hear him respond and hear a little bit more about his heart. So to all of you Sparkers out there, both locally and distance, we hope that as you listen to this and continue to engage with our church, you too will be challenged to wrestle, and together we can learn what it means to be followers of Jesus, who will get comfortable, hopefully, being at times uncomfortable, both with ideas and with other people, but knowing that that wrestling actually makes us stronger, wiser, more understanding, and better followers of Jesus. So I hope you enjoy my follow-up interview with Marcus from his sermon, What Are You Gonna Do? Are You About That Life? Hey, so uh, first of all, thanks for your sermon and your message. Um, It was really challenging uh, for both Danielle and I, I know for the whole congregation. So that's exactly what we want and we appreciate. But you mentioned a couple of things I kind of wanted to push a little bit further on and get uh, some further pieces. Um, Just to summarize my understanding, there's this sense of the Jesus movement, which is about how I'm, I'm getting my own and... Jesus is all good with me, but yet these other people I'm not so sure about, and your message was trying to push us to be like, but but the Jesus movement is for them as well. Yeah, it's about loving them as well. And in that segment, you uh, mentioned politicians, but then you also mentioned police officers who had shot unarmed black men, and you made a brief hesitation, like, if you were to be honest, this would be difficult for you. And I was just kind of curious if you could share a little bit more about the wrestling, because this is a very real issue. And can you tell me more about how how that wrestling works oh, yeah. and maybe how the Jesus movement for you has informed or compelled you or challenged you in all of that? So I think it started with, uh, I think I put up a, a picture of the officer who shot Oscar Grant. And I, I basically I've, been always taught to like look at the other side of things and so I think Johannes Meserly was was the the one who killed Oscar Grant so from yeah. very early on I was taught to pray for both sides because somewhere along the line I learned that well what if God is on the other side as well and some of that came from growing coming to faith at 20 in like 2000 hmm. and you know the people who influenced my faith were very politically conservative and although um, and so I kind of bought that hook, line, and sinker. But I also realized, well, what if God is on the other side? And then mm. I've I've oftentimes, you know, wrestled with the tension of seeing things from the other side. Mm. I 
probably I'm a natural person who leans to the left. So, and but I have friends who are in law enforcement, so I knew it wasn't that easy. And you know, even with the movie Fruitvale Station, I um, I went to high school with somebody who helped produce that movie, mm. Mm. and you know, and you know, and he's he's more to the left. I mean, he's way more to the left and everything, <laughs> and he he does film for a living. But I think the it, it's that practice of love your enemies, and so I I've always it's it's a practice. So I put up a picture of Oscar uh, Officer Yanez and uh, Officer Darren Wilson as well. And even when Trayvon Martin was murdered, I had I still pray for George Zimmerman to this day. Wow! And so I really take the words of Jesus seriously. And and even though these these men are not my enemies per se, I think that outside of of um, George Zimmerman, a lot of these guys are just kind of agents of the system mm-hmm. of, of of a system. And and I think that their jobs are incredibly challenging i don't think i don't think any of the officers i think i said in the sermon woke up that morning saying i'm going to kill an unarmed black person today mm-hmm. I, I don't think that george zimmerman woke up doing that as well so if i look at them as image bearers of god and look at i, I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt and try not to assume malice even though something malicious did occur even though something bad did mm-hmm. happen so it is sad that over the years i have it's harder to do, but there's still the practice of playing for the uh, the officers who are involved in these incidents because there is a reality that that um, Officer Mesley, his life is forever changed. Darren Wilson, his life is forever changed. And even looking more into Darren Wilson, how he came from a, if I'm not mistaken, a um, a police department that was already disbanded because they'd had cultural issues that basically were systematically racist. And Officer Yanez, like I, I look up, I looked up on him too, and I think he was overzealous young person who I I think he was like twenty six, twenty seven, mm-hmm. recently coming out of college and everything. And because I'm a college wrestling coach and I understand that mentality, just want to do something incredibly well. Uh, and also, if you look at it, like that guy, he really, of all the officers I've seen, he really did look sorry. I mean, he's crying afterwards and stuff like that. I, don't, mm-hmm. I really don't think. It doesn't excuse the actions of shooting into a car with a small child in it right, at all. Right. But his life is forever changed. And even though he was acquitted, per, not really acquitted, but even though they, they uh, you know, he recently, he, he, by the law, he was clear of everything, you know, he was fired. Mm-hmm. So the, there was some fault there. Like, this guy probably doesn't feel like he could be a, a law enforcement officer ever again, you mm-hmm. know. And so, and I mean, and. Sadly, I know the system. So some of these men probably are officers in smaller departments, and they can just kind of do their job and and not just go on about their lives. That, that, yeah. That's all it is. You know. So some of the uh, pushback, I guess, that I want to share and kind of get your feedback on. Um, I mean, this sounds great. I suppose from a it, like you're following Jesus and you're you're trying to think of both sides and all that stuff. But some of the uh, some of the resistance that comes is the idea of praying for somebody and uh, seeing both sides is like, how can you continue to do that when there is a continual perpetuation of injustice within the system? So that's one of the, I think that's one of the um, reflections that I've perceived that 
it doesn't feel as if there's any demonstrable change over long periods of time. And yet you still hold to this, but I'm still going to, you know, look at both sides and pray for the, you know, persecutor in some ways. So yeah. help me, I guess, help me understand how how you reflect upon that. So what, what are your thoughts? This on- is, I can tell you right now, this exercise is not easy and it gets incredibly tougher every time, you know, uh, I, but it's one of those things where you kind of, as a practice, you do it. And even though it's more and more challenging every time you do it, you just kind of do it. Just because, like, I imagine, you know, I saw a picture of, of Officer Yanez's parents. And I was like, hmm. they look like, you know, I, again, I don't know his, I know he's Latino. But they just look like, you know, parents, just some hardworking people. You know, I don't know th- their situation. Son wanted to be a police officer, and they're emotionally drained. And hmm. Also, I had an experience when I was in a restaurant. Uh, I worked at a, a chain restaurant a couple of years ago, like like undergrad. And it was a really popular murder case that was out of Modesto. And they moved the trial to San Mateo County. Hmm. And what ended up happening was is I ended up serving the person who was on trial's parents. Oh, wow. And... Um, People were talking like this is this person's these people's parents, hmm. so I was like, "All right, cool. Hey, how's it going?" You know, because they look exhausted. And these people just look tired because they're 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 ultimately are were dealing with something challenging, you know. Um, and these people look so tired. It's like hmm. they just they just needed to eat, and hmm. they were spending all sorts of time and resources coming to San Mateo County, even though the the trial was in Stanislaus County. I use that as an example of. But what I saw was, and very early on in my faith, that these people were exhausted and tired. And I was like, hey, oh, they need Jesus too. Right. And so, you know, it was easy to pray for Trayvon Martin's parents and and everything. And there, I think the hard part is like, man, George Zimmerman had parents too. You know, mm-hmm. um, Officer Yanez has parents too. You know, and they've everybody's lives are impacted when something like this happens. Right. And I think that the hard way is... It's, it's, you know, following Jesus isn't, I think it's, it's easy to do when you have a particular power dynamic. Mm-hmm. I think it's just genuinely hard to follow him when I'm like, oh, I'm going to put this into practice. Right. And putting it into practice is just one of those things where it, like any other spiritual discipline, you know, some things come easier to, to others and some things are, are, are more challenging but if we put them into practice over and over again, they eventually can become part of our wow. spiritual DNA. That's, you know, so it doesn't, I can tell you, it is not easy. It is not easy. Uh, it was not easy to pay for the officers that, you know, were involved in Sandra Bland's killing or the the, the man who was uh, killed in uh, Cincinnati with the police stop because th- those, those uh, folks just got off or Eric Gardner or, you know, Terrence Kruchner or, 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 you know all these. You know it's not easy. Well, you know, just like, goes yeah, on and yeah. On, the list, could, yeah, and, and yeah. let's be honest, it will continue to go on and on. Right. Um, but you, you, we do it because you know they're image bearers of God. We do it because in in the most classic sense of like faith, Jesus died for them as well too, hmm. and so Jesus died for for everybody on both sides, yeah. and so it's it's. I guess that old cliche saying it's all even at the cross, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So I, I can say that it's 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 all even, but I can tell you that the ground don't feel like it's even, you know. So it's it's a uh, it's all shaky, but 
Yeah. Knowing there's there's both ends. So our church has been meeting on Monday nights for a race conversation after a book club from uh, when we went through uh, Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow. It's mm-hmm. been a really powerful experience for, I know myself personally, and for others who have been involved. I would, uh, I would be curious, what has been your take on our gatherings and the conversations and you know, our one of our Spark members leading that conversation, and what do you think is coming out of that? And how how do you think conversations like the ones uh, that we're having inform uh, race and socio political issues and faith altogether? I'd, I'd be kind of curious your just kind of your reflections on on that. Does it make a difference? Is it important? How is it informing your journey? What do you think it is doing? So for me personally. You know, I think I've shared with you in the past. I've always wanted to talk about these issues within the context of of faith. Mm. And I also think that, you know, I think Starbucks, <laughs> was it two years ago they tried to, let's talk about race. It was like, wait, that, <laughs> it was like the dumbest thing. But I, I, but I thought to myself, like, okay, Starbucks can't do that. But I think that, that to be honest, the church should mm. and... You know, but I, and the only reason why Starbucks was like, because I think they were, were were like, hey, let's talk about it. But I, I don't think they totally understood the the nuances in it. And I think that you know the fact that Spark read you know the New Jim Crow and was able to read it and and then continue the conversation afterwards. You know, I think that that's great. So as far as the church thing, I think that the church should talk about those issues, and we really should talk about them in a non object. Like we should really talk about them in very objectively. Because there are multiple ends of it. I guess I'm, I, I, I like to think that I'm a moderate or, or a centrist. I know I'm not. I, I, I definitely am. I lean left. And I, I don't apologize for that. I lean left. Mm-hmm. But I still think that the church is a place to have those conversations. The fact of the matter is, is that for whatever reason or another, the church in America has, has gotten so much power influence politically. And it leans so much to one way that we've we have this like theological identity crisis. We have this theological, like there's, there's a theological, like we need a PR th- thing. To, it's a theor- theological PR problem mm. because hmm. you're wrapping up theology or who, who God is the study of God with this political ideology. Hmm. And the reality is, is that we have to talk about both ends, but when it only goes one way, you're only going to get like a lot of kickback within the context of spark. I think that again it's ahead of time and I hope that it's the beginning of a shaking and and a, a thing of uh uh things to come hmm. because the conversation itself is incredibly diverse. Uh I'm learning a lot uh you know I definitely like hearing Asian Americans points of view. I like hearing uh the Latino point of view and I know that it's not everybody's representing um it uh we and it's a nuanced conversation and everybody has their feelings and stuff and but the conversation is being had, and it's an ongoing conversation. It's like really, really good, and 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 it and it can only help you grow. I think mm-hmm. the the big challenge is that we've we've internalized as a culture this happily ever after. Nothing's supposed to ever be challenging, mm-hmm. or if we are, or if it is challenging, you get super defensive and attack and lash out because you're not comfortable with the conversation itself. And also, it's probably easier for me as an African-American male and many of the people to have the conversation who are of an ethnic minority because we grow up racialized, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Right. And and 
we grew up racialized and if we come from a, a church tradition we grew up racialized in that church tradition so that conversation for my, myself personally it's easy you know mm-hmm. i think that it is very challenging in my observation for like white people to have that conversation but kudos to spark and the white members of our church to having that conversation yeah. um i think it will be again more interesting when when there are people who are politically to the right and you know their faith needs to be shaken as well too because i think that if you shake again the, the shaking of the faith doesn't in my opinion doesn't change it or mean you should walk away from it it makes it better right and right. so I think the conversation is good. I wish that more churches would have it, and it wouldn't be on a generic level like a pulpit swap or you do choir swaps, but there would be like <laughs> right. good old-fashioned, hey, this church this is predominantly ethnic minority. Mm-hmm. This church, which is predominantly white evangelical, sees an issue where one side's not denying the issue. The other side is not so about the issue that it, it alienates, and then everybody says, but we're going to have small groups about this. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about it. And we're going to do a series of messages. And, you know, I would love to see one of the large evangelical churches, like, carry it, you know, the conversation like Spark is having, but, like, maybe do it in a series. Like, we are going to spend some time talking about this. Right. We're going to spend some time loving each other through it. It's going to be hard. You're going to hate each other. A lot of y'all are going to walk away from this church. But, hey, it's but it's it's going to be had. And we're going to f- walk with it through through Jesus because I don't think the issue was ignored at all. Yeah. I, so I, I think I applaud that. There's a question that comes up into my mind. It seems sure. as if that uh, if somebody wants to actually participate in this, there have been really bad examples of how race have been talked about mm-hmm. in churches. Um, people that don't really have the experience or the education or the background or even just a, a sense of what is or is not appropriate. Um, from a very practical standpoint, if somebody is listening to this and say, hey, you know what? I really do care about the race issue, especially in our American context, and I'd love to start that conversation at my church. We're predominantly white. Maybe we don't have a strong ethnic background, uh, diversity, et cetera. What are some maybe practical hows that a church like that should consider to to do what you're suggesting, which is to have this conversation? Well, I think... <laughs> so if it's a predominantly white church and you are in an area that's ethnically mixed, I I would like to think that the leadership of that church would be engaged with other churches that are not predominantly white. But, you know, would it MLK say the most segregated hour in America Sunday morning? Um, So some of it might be circumstantial. Like, I don't know if anyone in Montana is going to be listening to this or you know, a Reading or, 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 or small town nowhere. We have, we have some people in Montana. Okay. Right on. Okay, shout out, <laughs> shout shout out, out to Montana. Montana. <laughs> All right. Uh, because uh, again, that might be more circumstantial. There's just not a, outside of like the universities, I guess there's not, you know, you don't really see black people like large amounts of black people in Montana, the great right. Plains state, right. you know, through no fault of anyone's own. Um, but I think that it's important to choose to engage um, that conversation. So if you can build those relationships with, churches that are that that have uh ethnic minorities uh, that are differently a lot of planning ahead of time the other one would be um you have to do the uncomfortable thing of all right i am going to listen to the other side so Mm. for example 
it, people, for whatever reason or another, are, are really upset at Colin Kaepernick. But you'd rather be upset at Colin Kaepernick for kneeling but not pay attention to the issue. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's you have to ask yourself, well, why am I upset at that? And ask yourself the hard questions. You know, I try to, as best as I can, listen to uh, right-leaning radio. You know, so I, I listen to, from time to time, Sean Hannity or Rush Limbaugh or Dr. Michael Savage on the radio. And I don't like their approach, but it's I have to listen to it. Mm in order to understand where, where the the other side is coming from. And so when I listen to it, and sometimes they say cool things. Um, I'm even, even as someone who does not like the approach that Donald Trump took, took place, I, I'm like, all right, I, I got to pay attention to him. You know, um, there are some things in idea I, I agree with them on, but other things I'm like, no, nah, dude, like you probably would come off so much better if, you know, in my opinion with Donald Trump, if there was just a, a team around you to do this better, it's just yeah. like you're, it's all sensationalized and, you know, um, but, but I digress. So with, with, with churches though, I think it's, it's really saying, Ooh, I've, I've got to be tough with it. Cause I, I, I can imagine like we talked about Samaritans that, that, that wasn't, I don't think that was easy for the yeah. fathers of our faith. I mean, the apostles, I don't think that was easy to be like, okay, the Samaritans are here. Yeah. And and they were totally culturally different, and and it, it that that had to have been like a rocking moment. Yeah. But then when the the Gentiles show up, that had to like change everything. And and like we we talked about like within that scripture, when people went to go where Paul was, or and and they they went and said, "Oh, you have to do this, this, and this." It's it's you know it's uh, something jarring when the others come into the faith and. Mm. It says more about God, and you're like, oh God, like man. I mean, I thought I was not prejudiced, or I thought I was not doing something. You know, I didn't hold these feelings until, and, it, until. it, it yep. hits my front door, yep. and and I I can imagine that those people who went up there and said y'all got to get circumcised and all the other stuff were, were more like prove it, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, and sometimes we got to ask ourselves: Are we acting as agents of God, or are we acting as agents on ourselves under the name of God? You know, and uh. So I would say for any church that that wants to have that conversation, the the moment you can build and listen, and hopefully you can build that muscle, and it's a hard muscle to build, hmm. of listening through pain, hmm. listening through hurt, because they, it does get emotional. And understand that people, especially if you're like white, there people are going to look at you like, wait, why are you trying to have this conversation? Mm-hmm. You're like, what? You know, what? come on, dude. You know, and... There, there is going to be mistrust there because mm-hmm. they're going to try to figure it all out. But I mean, but if you just you're constant, build that relationship, and say, hey, I want to have this conversation, and understanding that whoever you talk to within any minority setting is not going to be the whole representative of of that that particular group. I think that'll be that'll be a great place to start. Yeah. So. Marcus, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your insight. It feels as if that your ability to hold this tension seems just simply grounded in Jesus and your faith and your study, your discipleship. And that's, I don't know if you can say any more about that. It, It feels as if your ability to do this is a little supernatural. (laughs) It's like out of this world. Like, how does somebody come to this level of understanding of both sides, of being able to listen to to people that you don't agree with, and yet still pray for them, love them, uh, 
you know. That, that's this definitely an all God thing, and I. If it's supernatural, that that's uh, I mean cliche. Glory be to God, um, because uh, you know some of it's my background of being exposed to a lot of people on on the other side. But the other issue is is that I think that when I look at the Gospels, when I look at Jesus, Jesus was constantly elevating the conversation. They're elevating. There's something about God saying, "Hey." Uh, like do more, be more like me. Mm. And I, I, I try to hold that as a value. It is nowhere near easy. It is, is not easy at all. And, and to be like, I'm going to pray for, you know, an officer who shoots an on, on a black man, or, or I'm going to pray for people who, who are, are like ignorant and, and wanting to do that. But if Jesus is right, says, blessed are the peacemakers or, you know, Jesus was the ultimate bridge in regards to you, you see his interactions with with um, Roman soldiers, you know, the, the centurion like he interacted with people who were the oppressors mm. and he did miracles for people who were the oppressors. You know, that to me goes beyond it because I'm like, I, I don't I I was born at the right time because I'm like, Jesus, I, I don't know how I could have handled like right. being the 50s or 60s. Or, or, or being a teenager in the 80s, you know, during certain times. But I was born during the right time and blessed to grow up in or Compton for a little part, but formative years in Union City and have a lot of different friends of different ethnicities and get their input as well, too. Yeah. And it wasn't binary. And I think that yeah. the way our, we're not binary human beings, I don't think that our faith is binary. I yeah. I, I think that we we have to look at things from multiple different points of views. Plus, I just I, and my own personal philosophy is is that if you live, if there's that constant tension going on and you're constantly feeling that back and forth pull, that's a great sign that you're in a relationship with God. Mm. It's a great sign. Like mm. you know, like I read the Bible and go, hey, like I feel Samson. I see how he did what he did, and I. David and 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 you know I, I, it it all makes sense to me you know that yeah. that people aren't people but they still I mean people aren't perfect but they still have these relationships with God and still go back and forth so I I, I can't take any credit for for what God is doing in in my life the only thing I can do is hopefully attempt to live it out in such a way where somebody it points someone closer to Jesus it, yeah. it, you know it 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 yeah, it does. So, That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, last question. What does the word justice mean to you in the context of this kind of conversation? Hmm. So ultimately, I think justice is just as multifaceted. So to be honest, I think justice hmm. would be these officers. Um, so I don't think – so this is not going to be popular. I don't think that the officers should get murder one. I don't think they should be charged with murder one mm. because of the, the function of their vocation. Mm. I, I just, I just don't, but I do think that manslaughter seems to be appropriate, at, le at least from my understanding of manslaughter, manslaughter two, whatever. What I would like to see is in these type of justice would be the officers pay for the crimes. They do their time. And in some situation, and, and actually some situations like not become police officers again, you know, so others like, Hey, let them do their time and, and come back and work in law enforcement. I, I, I wouldn't, 
I'd actually have no problem with that because, mm-hmm. like, you, you paid for it. The other thing is, is you know, for for families to to get justice, I guess some type of financial restoration as best they can, and uh, but ultimately seeing it, you know, not as as binary, you know, and hopefully some of these families could get healing because, wow. you know, again, hopefully they will be able to forgive these officers. Hopefully they will be able to 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 kind of bring it all together. But in the, on the other end, like these officers need to they need to to do time. I think not, and it's not even the individual officers. I think that there needs to be a situation where any citizen should be able to feel like. As as an African American, I don't want to feel like my ethnicity is criminalized, hmm. and yeah. and like you know, I, there's got to be that point where these officers need more training to to really shake them and go, okay, I acknowledge I have this bias or whatever, I have the, uh, that. So ultimately, justice is people. You got one side that is going to pay for what they've done, but they'll serve their time, get out, and be restored, and the other people are able to get you know some type of peace mm-hmm. in knowing that that there was been some type of justice served because again like i said these individual police officers are part of a bigger system mm-hmm. and i think that ultimately when you can handle it on that micro level forgive i mean forgive and, and move forward do your time forgive yourself move forward and hopefully it can be something that supersedes us all mm-hmm. you know but until the meantime, we pray, we, we we voice concern, we we educate, we fight, and then within the context of Jesus, we do the same thing. But understand that Jesus, like, yeah, what if he oftentimes go like this? Like, man, if if was it John three sixteen is true, and if for God so loved the world, he died for the whole world. That means he died for like people that don't see things the way that I see them. Mm. That that means he died for, for, you know, that that everlasting life could come to whoever chooses it, no matter what that situation. And it's, it's still very challenging and, and upsetting to think that like, man, there's somebody who, who was like the stone cold narcissistic murderer, child molester, like the worst human being in the world there. But if that person's heart is changed and pierced by Jesus, that, Hey, they're going to be in heaven right along with me, you know, and that that's a it's a very hard thought to think of. But if if that person's part of the world, like, man, God died for him. And and that's yeah, that, that that's just that's I don't want to say that's how it is, but that's just beyond all I could think of. I mean, that is be, that's beyond measure. And so it's, it's always asking that question. Push harder. You know, does it get bigger? You know, and. We'll see. But within this context, hopefully justice is we all come to know Jesus and we walk it out and we see something divine done on on both ends.